Chapter 7 of the Boy Scouts in the Maine Woods. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Debbie R. Baker Robinson. The Boy Scouts in the Maine Woods by Herbert Carter. The Long Drawn Howl of a Canada Wolf. All ready, sang out Tad. Some of them were already settled in the canoes, but Giraffe still remained kneeling on the shore. Come, we've waited long enough for you, old Slowpoke, called out Bumpus, who was the partner of the tall scout in the canoe paddled by Eli. Very slowly did Giraffe approach, his eyes turned beseechingly on Tad. Say, that's the way it always goes, he declared. I was just getting on to it the best ever, and if I only had half an hour more, I'd made my fire as sure as I'm Conrad Stedman. I've got her all figured out, and by noon I'll be twisted in my mind again and the whole combination lost. But Tad only shook his head. Couldn't think of it, number six, he declared. It was one part of the agreement made with you that on no occasion were you to delay the balance of the party. All ready, Bumpus, give the signal. Bumpus was a natural musician. He could play any old instrument and extract very good music from banjo, guitar, violin, or even an accordion. He also had a fine voice that often aroused the enthusiastic acclaim of his comrades while sitting around the fire of evenings. Of course, then, he had been made the bugler of the troop as soon as the organization was commenced. It had not been deemed just the right thing for him to fetch his musical instrument along while the Silver Fox Patrol chanced to be in the made woods on a hunt, but then that was no bar to Bumpus, who could put his hands to his mouth and give a splendid imitation of the reveille, assembly, taps or any other military call so giraffe had to climb into eli's canoe looking very much discouraged really it did seem as though an evil spirit took a special delight in baffling him just when he seemed in a fair way to reach the goal of his present ambition as he had once before complained he had even had his tinder soaked by a sudden shower and just at the critical moment when he felt sure it was about to burst into a successful blaze but one thing was sure, these successive defeats only served to make him shut his teeth harder together and resolve that nothing would ever prevent him from getting that fire if it took him a year. He might be beaten once, twice, or fifty times, but there would come a day to the patient plotter when the door of opportunity would open for him. And surely success would stand for a great deal more if he had to work like this for it than if easily attained. Before noon came, they had arrived at the place where the stream ran into the lower lake of the Eagle Chain, and when they stopped for lunch, it was upon the shore of this beautiful sheet of water. Tad had been secretly keeping an eye on Jim. He knew that the guide must feel more or less anxiety, despite his brave outward showing. And when Jim thought no one was observing, he would look out of the tail of his eye at every clump of bushes that seemed any way suspicious as long as they were upon the river and hence it was doubtless a positive relief when they started out on the broader water of the lake for after that he would only have to watch one shore about one o'clock they again started the air continued cold but bracing and this made paddling a pleasure up to a certain point all of the scouts took a hand at it even bumpus and received more or less valuable instruction from the two guides as to how the paddle should be worked in order to have as little lost motion as possible and at the same time secure the greatest amount of benefit but when after half an hour of labor they found their muscles beginning to tire from the unaccustomed motion 
the boys considered themselves lucky to be able to turn the paddles over once more to the canoemen who were used to the job and could keep it up steadily all day if need be when they drew near the outlet where the waters of the lower lake flowed into lake winthrop tad happening to look back managed to discover a canoe skirting the shore some miles distant from the actions of those in it they seemed desirous of remaining unnoticed for they took advantage of every headland that jutted out and when they had to make across the open it was done with all possible speed tad did not need to be told who was in that craft and glancing toward jim he understood that the main guide had doubtless been aware of the pursuing canoe for some time because he nodded at the scoutmaster when he caught his eye it's him is it jim called out tad for the canoes were some thirty feet apart at the time yep came the answer accompanied by an affirmative nod of jim's head you know him even at that distance then continued the patrol leader he's working the paddle right now replied the other you can't mistake his way of swinging their spruce blade old kale ain't got his equal at that in all the state of maine it was plain to be seen then that the giant poacher was on the trail of his detested son-in-law possibly bent on carrying out his terrible threat though tad hoped such might not prove to be the case he knew that often these rough men of the woods could appreciate true bravery and that there might be a chance however slight that old kale was lost in admiration for the recklessness that could induce jim to brave his wrath what if he had been consumed by a sudden deep curiosity to know what really caused the other to take the risk and come up here could he suspect that little lena had sent a message to him all these things gave tad occasion for considerable thinking at the same time he did not mean to lose sight of the main reason for their having come so far from their homes in order to get some hunting and camping experience that would prove valuable to his fellow scouts anxious to learn all that they could at first hands of woodcraft i'm glad we're as particular as we were about putting out the very last spark of fire this morning tad remarked as the canoes moved along close to one another why demanded giraffe a little suspiciously for every time that magical word was used he chose to think all eyes must be turned in his direction just as though he should be placed in the same class with fire oh because the wind came up like great guns shortly after we left camp tad went on always ready to point a lesson to those under him and from the river too now if we'd left any fire there the chances are it would have been picked up and thrown into the woods as there was a lot of dry stuff around you can see how easy a fire starts up here and when it gets going i reckon it can burn some eh alan if you ever have the good or bad luck to run across a forest of fire while we're up in this section you'll see a sight that none of you'll soon forget and he had to cast a meaning glance as he spoke in the direction of the fire worshipper but giraffe only smiled in a satisfied way talk all you want he remarked but i think i've got that business down fine now and tonight tonight i'm just bound to prove to bumpus here that the cream is on him i knew i'd get it sometime well don't crow till you're out of the woods remarked bumpus from the bow end of the canoe i'm willing to be convinced and it'll be worth all it costs me just to see you work that puzzle out but you just know i can do it don't you persisted giraffe won't say answered the fat boy obstinately well you might as well be counting up your spare cash because i'm bound to show you at the first chance it just can't slip away from me much longer and i reckon i've got it clinched this time and after that giraffe would not talk but seemed to be muttering to himself from time to time as though he might be repeating a certain formula that he believed to be the winning combination 
they were not trying to make fast time now because there was really no necessity for doing so having arrived on the chain of lakes that with the st john's river almost makes a great island of the northern portion of maine they were bent on enjoying themselves that meant going into camp at some point where the guides were agreed they might have the best hunting and from that time on taking toll of the woods folks as their larder required wasting nothing and refraining from hunting when food was not needed they were true scouts and believed in following the uplifting principles that govern the actions of the better class of sportsmen as step hen so often declared they did not want to be called game hogs a term often used to describe the man who flings his catch of bass or trout up on the shore to die no matter if he is taking ten times what he can use or who shoots his deer in or out of season and allows it to lie there wasted on the ground food for the foxes or wolves this country seems to be rather sparsely settled up here remarked tad after they had been moving along the shore of lake winthrop for some time looking up a desirable campsite in the summer you can see a tent now and then it being some party as wants to enjoy the fishin which is prime eli replied but they ain't many folks as keer about sticking out their winters here you'll admit you must be some cold this far up nigh the canadian border but there must be plenty of game hereabouts i should guess tad went on because in the first place it has a gamey look to me and then again you wouldn't have agreed to come along with jim here unless you had heard good accounts of the region around the eagle lakes just what i has though i ain't never been all over em myself returned eli but jim yar he was born and fetched up in this country so what he don't know about it ain't worth knowing i guess sir it was about the middle of the afternoon that jim declared they had reached the point where their tents should be pitched tad noticed that the guide made not the least attempt at trying to hide the camp indeed the tents could surely be seen in any direction out on the lake this gave him to understand that jim was not taking water he had come here to this danger ground with the main idea of meeting his irate father-in-law face to face be the consequences what they might because his wife had begged him to and there was as yet no sign of jim turning out to be what giraffe called a quitter everybody soon found plenty to do the rest had enough pity for giraffe not to enter any complaint because he seemed to shirk his share of the ordinary labor attending the starting of the camp they knew he had his hands full in solving what promised to be one of the greatest puzzles he had ever tackled and so he was allowed to go off himself and work his little saw monotonously right along now it was the cord that failed to hold again something else went back on poor giraffe but he kept patiently at it grimly determined and even the most interested of the lot bumpus with whom the fire-builder had laid his little wager could not but feel a touch of admiration and sympathy when he saw how the tall scout kept at his task as the afternoon slipped away when supper was announced giraffe came in smiling got it demanded bumpus eagerly well just as good as done was the cautious reply i've mastered a heap of little irritating troubles and just now the coast seems to be clear next time now and you'll see something doing one more river to cross cooed step hen it's always next time with giraffe you notice fellows but giraffe was either too tired to argue or else so confident of a speedy success that he felt he could afford to bide his time revenge would be very sweet after all the shaft the fellows had poured upon his head he would wait the supper tasted unusually fine that night they all declared several of the scouts assisted in its preparation wishing to show the guides just what knowledge of camp cookery they had picked up in their numerous outings 
even bumpus superintended the heating of the canoeist's delight which turned out to be a hodgepodge consisting of some leftover corned beef taken from a tin some corn and beans with several cold potatoes sliced in the same and the hungry boys declared the only fault they could find with it was that it disappeared too soon but they had an abundance for all hands even giraffe admitting that he was satisfied when the meal was over then came the several delightful hours of lying around as close to the cheery blaze as they dared and having a good old-fashioned pow-wow as step hen called it jim was quiet but then he had never been a noisy fellow and knowing what was on his mind right then tad felt that he had plenty of excuse for deep thought during a lull in the conversation later on bumpus sat upright and exclaimed there did any of you hear it again sure as you live it was the same long-drawn howl we caught on our other trip up the penobscot region and sabattis as well as all the rest told us it was a wolf come down across the border from canada how about it eli was that one just then giving tongue the old guide had not moved an inch indeed he seemed to be very little concerned over the strange sound but he nodded his shaggy head and made reply yep that were a canady wolf all right and as they hunt in packs there must be more on em round these diggins i spect chapter seven